flinging the green and gold worldwide on the web at CentexSportsFan.com. This is the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas, the flagship station for Baylor Athletics. It's a Big 12 Friday on the John Moore Show. Inbounds to Jake Nunn. Tech will back off, and that is it. The Bears win this top 25 matchup in Foster Pavilion over the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Bears have won three in a row in the league. Baylor moves to second place in the Big 12 standings with a 79-73 win over the Red Raiders. The John Moore Show is brought to you by Amanda Cunningham. Coldwell Banker Apex Realtor by Alliance Bank Central Texas by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat your friend in the car business by the Baylor Club at McLean Stadium on the web at thebaylorclub.com by Kaleo Wealth Management and by Diamore Fine Jewelers 4541 West Waco Drive where Waco gets engaged KJ from 14 feet, got it, that's clutch, and KJ pounds his chest, Hawks go up too. 70 to 65, Iowa State, now no foul, Aismas dribbling it up, he launches a three right way, it misses, and Iowa State comes into the Moody Center and wins 70 to 65 over Texas. Still dribbling out. There's the final horn, and the Cougars win. 18 wins in a row at home as the Cougars become the first Big 12 team to seven conference wins, and the Cougars win their 20th game for the ninth straight Now for a look at this weekend's matchups in the Big 12 Conference from the Allen Samuel Studios. Here's the voice of the Baylor Bears, John Morris and Aaron Sexton. Hi and welcome, John Morris Show, on a Friday. Big 12 Friday for sure, but a lot of other things going on we'll touch on. How about the weekend ahead in Big 12 basketball? Highlight cuts courtesy of the Baylor Sports Media Network. We are headed out to uh, Lawrence, Kansas. Baylor versus KU coming up tomorrow. The Bears number 13 in the nation. Kansas number four in the nation. Aaron, it's back to Allen Fieldhouse trying to get a win in that uh, historic venue. Yeah, I'm already up in my stomach meds so just, <laughs> just to prepare. Right. Got some extra Tums on hand. Yeah. For, you just never know what's going to happen in Allen. Could be one of those days, yeah. one of those games. Baylor has won. Once, once in Allen, yeah. yeah, they've came it. close a few times. They have, they have, and they've played uh, the last. Is it the last five years? Baylor and Kansas have split their games against each yeah, other, home and home. Yeah, yeah. so uh, Baylor's had some success, but it is just tough for any team going into Allen Fieldhouse. Highlight cut courtesy of the uh, Jayhawk Sports Network from Learfield. Brian Haney with the call. We'll visit with him coming up in the hour. Brian is the uh, State of Kansas Sportscaster of the Year this year. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations to him. That is a great honor. Two of our guys in the Big 12 won that honor uh, this year. Brian for Kansas and Craig Way for the State of Texas. So uh, really, really happy for them. Very deserving for Brian Haney. We'll visit with him and ask him, uh, remind me to ask him, uh, what is it that makes Allen Fieldhouse so special? And uh, just kind of get his thoughts, being the, you know, the announcer for the home team there. 
Yeah, I would, I'd like to hear that. That'd yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Remind me of that. All right. So Brian will join us coming up in a bit. Highlight cut also courtesy of the Iowa State Sports Network from Learfield. John Walters with the call. Iowa State played here, lost to Baylor last Saturday. Tight, tight game that the Bears won and then stayed in the state of Texas, went down to Austin and beat Texas on Tuesday, 70-65. to So a nice bounce back win for the Iowa State Cyclones. They are uh, part of a three-way tie. No, right now it's a two-way tie for second place in the league standings. Uh, Baylor and Iowa State tied at 6-3. and three. Houston is on top at 7-3. and three. That was the other highlight cut you heard. Jeremy Branham with the call. The Cougars, number four in the nation, and they are 20-3 uh, and three on the year. First Big 12 school to get to 20 wins. They are 7-3 and three in the conference, in first place by half game. Houston, remember, Aaron went to uh, Allen Fieldhouse last week and kind of had it handed to him. I mean, Houston was... Uh, Houston was playing great, and they mm-hmm. still are. Yeah, but got that experience of going into <laughs> Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah, that that score just sticks out on their on their results because they're playing great and beating everybody except for that trip to Allen. And you know, we complain a lot, rightfully so, about some of the calls at Allen Fieldhouse. That was not the case for that game. Kansas State, Kansas State, Kansas just showed up and dominated them from the opening tip to the. To the final buzzer, they did. it was a, it was a very impressive performance by Kansas. I think I said number four. Houston's ranked number five in the nation. Uh, Kansas moved to number four ahead of them after that win. What was it uh, during the broadcast? They said Bill Self is twenty-one and one at home against teams that come in ranked higher than Kansas. Wow, <laughs> How about that <laughs> twenty-one and one. So uh, Houston got that. Uh, pleasure last Saturday. Cougars play at Cincinnati tomorrow afternoon, 3 o'clock on ESPN2. So uh, those were the highlight cuts you heard. Here is the schedule tomorrow in the Big 12. Uh, another uh, big, big day. Uh, I mean, every day in the league is uh, it's like mind-blowing. Uh, tomorrow begins at 1 o'clock on ESPN2. It's a doubleheader uh, of games back-to-back on ESPN2 and then actually one late-night game on the deuce at one o'clock TCU at number 14, Iowa state. That'll be a good game. You know, I was, that's going to be a great game. Yeah. Yes. Iowa state's good was, at home. Mm-hmm. TCU is coming off the, uh, uh, well, they didn't have a midweek game and they lost last Saturday. So, um, they've had a little extra time this week, but TCU going into Hilton Coliseum. I mean, I wouldn't pick against Iowa state playing at home, but I think that'll be a great game tomorrow. Yeah. I'm looking forward to watching that one. I'm looking forward to watching, Big 12 basketball pretty much all day. It's going to be awesome. So that's 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock on the Longhorn Network, West Virginia at Texas. Texas coming off the loss, as we said, to Iowa State midweek. 3 o'clock on ESPN2, fifth-ranked Houston at Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati is uh, 4-5 and in the league. We told you U of H is on top at 7-3. 3 o'clock on Big 12 now on ESPN+. Tech trying to get back on the winning track. They are home hosting UCF. Um, 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. 5 o'clock is our game. 13th-ranked Baylor at 4th-ranked Kansas. We're on the air at 4.30, tip-off at 5. Here on ESPN Central Texas, television on ESPN. ESPN's College Game Day will be there tomorrow. That is tomorrow morning. And then the uh, the game at 5 is on ESPN. So a huge buildup. And uh, really, really good matchup, Baylor versus Kansas. We'll visit with the voice of the Jayhawks, Brian Haney, coming up in a bit.
Six o'clock tomorrow evening on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. Plus. It's Bedlam, Oklahoma State at Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma uh, trying to... Uh, no, they went. They won at home. Won big at home over BYU on Tuesday. Yeah, real, real big win for yeah, them. Yeah, by 16 points yes. over BYU. Pretty impressive. Yeah, so uh, OU, uh, home court tomorrow. Bedlam against Oklahoma State. You know, for Oklahoma and Oklahoma State... Those Bedlam games are starting to wind down, you know, with OU leaving after this year. Yeah, I mean, they get one more in basketball this right. year. But, yeah, each game is the final of something. That's right. You know, yeah. I don't, it's a, like this one maybe the final one in Norman. Yeah, right, so. for a while at least. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I don't, you know, we've heard some of the Baylor coaches saying that, especially like a basketball coach Drew and Coach yeah. Collins saying they'll probably continue in some form playing Texas in right. basketball. I uh I don't know if you'll see that with Oklahoma, with Oklahoma, and Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, State. Espe- right. especially on the Oklahoma State side. Yeah. I don't think they'll be scheduling scheduling Oklahoma in any sport yeah. anytime soon. I, I could be wrong, but I don't think so. I think you're right. Maybe it'll happen down the road at some point, but I think for the near future, I don't see that continuing. So that game's tomorrow at 6, tomorrow night, the late. Night game, 9 p.m., Big 12 after dark. It's on ESPN2. Kansas State at number 21, BYU. K-State coming off the win over KU on Monday. Big Monday, 75-70 in overtime. Now go into the uh, Marriott Center to play BYU, which is tough. So uh, that will wrap up the day. So (laughs) that game will be over, what, 11 o'clock, 11.30 tomorrow night. And the first game of the day starts at 1 p.m. So if you are so inclined... uh, you could watch uh, Big 12 basketball for about uh, about 10 hours straight tomorrow. Yeah, I don't know if I'll watch that much, but right. I'll be watching probably about what about two-hour games, two-and-a-half-hour games. Yeah. I'll probably yeah. watch about seven-and-a-half hours. There you go. That's a full day. Because <laughs> so, I'll definitely be watching Bedlam. I'll definitely be, or depending on the time, maybe flipping back and forth, but definitely obviously going to be watching Baylor and Kansas, and I'm going to be watching uh, Iowa State and TCU. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that game. Really good matchups all day long tomorrow. All right, let's take a break. We're off and running on this Friday. We appreciate you being with us. Getaway day for uh, for yours truly. We are flying out to Lawrence this afternoon and uh, looking forward to the game tomorrow at 5 versus Kansas. We appreciate you being with us on this Friday afternoon. John Morris Show brought to you, as always, by the uh, Alan Samuels, uh, Alan Samuels Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, Alan Samuels, your friend in the car business. Welcome back to John Morris Show on a Friday. That is the Rob Sellers funky bump of the day today. You know, my favorite show. Rubber Band Man. The Spinners, Rubber Band Man. Rob, I know you uh, appreciate that one. That is the Rob Sellers funky bump of the day on this Friday. Hey, welcome back. We're brought to you in part by the Baylor Club at McLean Stadium. Uh, You can host your next function with confidence at the Baylor Club. Let their certified event planner handle all your requests with ease. They can accommodate groups of most sizes. Check it out on the web, thebaylorclub.com. Or any questions you might have, give them a call at 254-710-8080. Chanel will most likely answer the phone, but whoever answers, they can uh, funnel your call to the right person. 
If you have a question about membership, becoming a member of the Baylor Club, of reserving a private space for an event, just uh, wanting to come over and look at what spaces might be available, and they are spectacular with some of those great views uh, out toward the river, toward campus, toward uh, downtown Waco, Foster Pavilion, all of those, uh, they can help you with that. Or if you just want to make a reservation for lunch or dinner, give them a call, 254-710-8080. That is the Baylor Club at McLean Stadium. And Aaron, today is the day, the uh, final day of the McLennan County Junior Livestock Show and Youth Fair. I know Matt Mosley is uh, gearing up for a live broadcast from there this afternoon. Uh, Today is the uh, culmination of a big week. It's the Sale of Champions coming up this evening at 6.30. And that is a big deal. So many of these uh, 4-H and FFA students, there's about 500 of them that are exhibiting livestock uh, for the opportunity to sell at this Sale of Champions that comes up tonight. And it is a big deal. Uh, My family... Uh, my wife, Terry, and uh, her brother, Ronnie. Ronnie was an ag teacher for many, many years at, at uh, Brookshire Royal. Terry, uh, when she was in high school, she was, uh, well, she was an FFA sweetheart, but she also showed animals. And I know how big these deals are. So uh, best of luck to everyone there. Thanks to all the sponsors who are so very generous. Last year's sale brought in a million dollars for student college funds and future projects as well. So the culmination of the McLennan County Junior Livestock Show and Youth Fair comes up tonight. Matt Mosley, uh, uh, big fan, uh, loves a good heifer show. He does. Yeah. Loves a good turkey and broiler show. Yeah, that too. He loves it all. And he'll be there live coming up this afternoon. So stay tuned for that. More on the McLennan County Junior Livestock Show and Youth Fair. All right, uh, we talked Big 12 men's basketball for the women. The Baylor women back in action tomorrow, 2 o'clock, Foster Pavilion hosting uh, nationally ranked West Virginia, West Virginia number 22 in the nation for that game coming up uh, tomorrow. I I felt so bad. Uh, Nikki Collin was on the coaches show last night, and uh, the scheduling of that just didn't work in her favor uh, because they were in Provo and played BYU, as you know, on Wednesday, late game, late night. She said they landed in Waco at 2.45 a.m. on Thursday. (laughs) And then you you can't do an off day because you've only got two days till you play uh, West Virginia. Right. So the coaches, you know, I'm sure worked the entire flight back and worked all day yesterday, maybe did something light with the uh, team yesterday, and then one day prep today on the floor, and then we ask her to come and do the coaches show with <laughs> us. So I apologized to her a couple of times about that, but she was great. She was uh, really, was. really good. So enjoyed that visit with she and uh, Mitch Thompson last night talking Baylor baseball with their season opener coming up a week from today, the Shriners Children's College Showdown at Globe Life Field in Arlington. And uh, that'll be really cool. Baylor versus Nebraska, Oregon, and Tennessee Friday, Saturday, Sunday next week from Arlington. Uh, Baylor baseball right here on ESPN Central Texas. And along those lines, Baylor softball is opening the new season today. They've got a big series. Baylor number 11 in uh, as high as number 11 in a preseason poll, playing number two, Tennessee, a three-game series, supposed to be uh, single games Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They are trying to get ahead of the rain. They'll play a doubleheader today, uh, 5 o'clock for the first pitch of the first game, uh, 4.45 airtime. That'll be on 101.3 FM. And then they'll play 2 o'clock tomorrow, and that'll be the three-game series. So doubleheader today, 
beginning at 5, single game tomorrow at 2, and uh, that'll get the softball season started. It is upon us. It is here. It is less than three and a half hours away. Ooh, you're exactly right. So it's it exciting is time, especially like they're starting off with number two team in the country. Go yeah. watch them play. Not shy about that. No. <laughs> so that'd be great. That'd be a big series. Um, Baylor and Tennessee softball. All the broadcasts on 101.3 FM. Dan Ingham with the call today here on, uh, not here, but on 101.3 FM. All right, uh, back to basketball. Oh, one other thing to mention, uh, acrobatics and tumbling. We mentioned it yesterday. Uh, Coach Felicia Mulkey, best uh, A&T program in the world. They have their home opener coming up on Sunday, 3 o'clock in the Farrell Center. Uh, we don't. We won't direct you to the Farrell Center very often, but we do for this uh, Farrell Center. I've uh, had to tell multiple people that. Um, that I know. I'm like, no, they're not tearing it down. No. Volleyball's still going to play there and acrobatics and tumbling that's going to be their home so there's going to be plenty of stuff happening at the Farrell Center not turning into a parking lot for the baseball field nope, not at or all. in Betty Lou and it's an upgrade really for oh, volleyball and A&T absolutely. they'll be get better office space locker room practice facilities mm-hmm. so a real upgrade for them but A&T hosting UMHB uh, Baylor number one in the nation UMHB number 11 in the nation that is three o'clock Sunday from the Farrell Center acrobatics and tumbling uh their first home meet they won last week maybe it's two weeks ago they won over tlu by uh, 110 points uh just blew them out so that comes up on sunday for baylor acrobatics and tumbling all right back to basketball we'll take a break visit with brian haney the voice of the jayhawks when we come back baylor and ku comes up tomorrow john morris show brought to you in part by the Pioneer Boys at Pioneer Steel and Pipe, serving Central Texas since 1943. Same ownership, same family-operated business, covering four generations. They're on the web at pioneerboys.com. Remember, they deliver and unload. That is Pioneer Steel and Pipe. We're also brought to you by Diamore Fine Jewelers. Diamore at 4541 West Waco Drive. Where Waco gets engaged. <laughs> Listening to the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. Harris driving right side gets along the baseline, finds McCuller for three. Bingo! Kevin McCuller from the left wing, and the Hawks have their biggest lead. Now looking to rock chalk it up every chance he gets. He is the State of Kansas Sportcaster of the Year, Brian Haney. He is the voice of the Bears, John Morris and Aaron Sexton. I like cuts courtesy of the Jayhawks Sports Network from Learfield. Brian Haney, the call, the voice of the Jayhawks. And as you heard in that bump back, bump back, the Kansas Broadcaster of the Year. And Brian joins us now. And let me say congratulations to you. What a great honor. Very deserving. Congratulations on that award. Oh, thank you, J-Mo. It means a lot coming from a stud like you and a recent uh, Texas Sportscaster of the Year Award winner. So thanks a lot for saying that. And uh, certainly uh, excited to see one of my best friends in the industry this Saturday when you guys come to town. I can't wait to see two top 15 teams, but one of the nicest guys in all of broadcasting and John Morris. So thank you, buddy. Very kind of you. Thanks very much. What a great game, huh? How has the week been in Lawrence? The huge win over Houston, and you guys played so great last Saturday. Then the quick turnaround, you got to get back up, going to play K-State and drop that game in overtime. 
you know, sometimes you have to remind yourself to just take a big, deep breath and realize you're still 18 and five with two midseason All-Americans. <laughs> because if you listen to the chicken littles around here, and I'm talking mostly about fans on social media and message boards and all that, you'd think the sky was falling. There's no doubt having lost now on the road in Morgantown, Orlando, and Manhattan, this Kansas team's preseason expectation of, of being the team to beat in the Big 12 is very much in question. But they still have four top 10 wins already this year. They still have Kevin McCullough playing an outstanding grad senior season here at Kansas. And Hunter Dickinson, the number one player in the transfer portal era, has certainly lived up to the hype. So there's a lot of good here, John. But obviously, when we lost a key piece in the preseason in Arterio Morris, it made this team's bench and its overall depth very much in question. And that has reared its ugly head at times. And Monday was an example of that. Bill Self felt like he already had a tired team heading into that game for the reasons you mentioned, emptying your bucket physically and emotionally on Saturday in a top eight head-to-head showdown to then have to travel, uh, you know, in a quick 48-hour flip to get over to Manhattan and, and take on a K-State team that always circles that game as the biggest one of the year, rivalry game, all of that. He felt like he had a tired team heading in, and then to call it like it is, we kind of played down to the competition. Overtime is forced, and wow, we had three guys play north of 43 minutes yeah. before it was all said and done, and if they were tired before the game started, they were exhausted after, and that's why you see a guy like Kevin McCullough, who's been an 83% free throw shooter all year amongst the best in the Big 12, go one of five from the free throw line and miss most everything short. So we've got a real depth issue on our hands right now, but having said that, to finish where I started, this is still a team whose starting five is as good as any in America. We still feel like we have one of the best coaches in America, if not the best. And it's going to be fine, Kansas fans. It's hard when you lose your rival and your rival had just lost four in a row. Yeah, yeah. A good good uh, voice of reason there with that reminder. <laughs> Kansas is still really, really good. Uh, the depth that you mentioned and so many guys playing that many minutes in an overtime game – have you seen it? Uh, do you think it's a real factor or might it become a factor as, you know, this season of, you know, beating each other up every week continues? It's a huge factor. It's a huge factor, J-Mo. I mean, the days of the Big 12 North versus the Big 12 South <laughs> where you had an imbalanced schedule and there were two games versus Nebraska and two games versus Colorado. And at the time, K-State was down. I mean, that was like, not only six wins for Kansas, but games they would win by 20 to 30, and you could rest guys. Uh, and, and, of course, you had a deeper bench back then, too, because we weren't in the transfer portal era where at the first sign of somebody not having 30 minutes or 10 shots a game, they're out the door. Yeah. And we saw half our roster leave for the portal a year ago, and many of them, Kansas was fine with them leaving. But the point is, it's a lot tougher to cultivate talent and, and stockpile it on your shelves for a year or two uh, like you used to, and now you're having to play in a league where there are no nights off, zero nights off. Maybe we caught a scheduling break getting to face Oklahoma State twice, and in the second meeting, Bryce Thompson gets hurt. That was obviously fortuitous for Kansas schedule-wise, but otherwise, we have to play Baylor twice, Houston twice, Oklahoma twice, I mean, this is a brutal gauntlet of a schedule here for KU this year. And obviously, we like to think, similar to Baylor, we get everybody's best shot. You kind of come in with a target on your back. So the depth thing is real. 
there's zero nights off. And when you're having to replace all the players you lost in the portal with first-year guys, whether they're true freshmen or transfers that are just in your program for the first time, even six months in, the trust factor from the head coach to some of those unproven and inconsistent reserves isn't what it would typically be if you had a program guy that had been with you for a couple of years. And so Bill Self, the first ballot Hall of Famer, is, is having a hard time you know, being able to trust some of these guys because they'll come in one game and show you glimmers of hope, and the next game they might turn it over twice in 30 seconds, and that's we all we see of them for that particular day. So I've never seen them grapple with this approaching mid-February before, but these are the times we're living in where the portal changes everything, and obviously the ultra-competitive Big 12 Conference tests you every night. So consequently, uh, these are new times for Kansas to deal with, and yet there's nobody we'd rather have navigating us through those waters than Bill Sell. Yeah, very well said. Brian, explain to our listeners, most of whom have never been to a game in Allen Fieldhouse, uh, explain that home court advantage and how it just a lot of times engulfs your opponent like and and rises to the occasion too. Like in big games, that home crowd is uh, is just tremendous for you guys. You know, I, I've been lucky enough, John, in my career to go to Cameron Indoor, not on a game day, but I toured it. I've I've seen games at the Dean Dome, Poly Pavilion, Assembly Hall, called mini games in Rupp Arena because of the Big Twelve SEC showdown. As the song says, I've been everywhere, man. <laughs> right. There's, there's no place like this place. And I know I'm a little bit biased, but I'd like to think being some of these other places on game days and seeing how it compares. It's 16,300, which isn't as big as Rupp. But the way these old steel beams that, that comprise this old barn that was built in 1955, the way they trap in and reverberate the sound, it just echoes down upon you. Obviously, the fan base is highly educated and, and in tune with the game and is all over the opponent from the word go. The video crew does a great job, as I know you guys do too, in, in pumping in some extra excitement. But uh, this place, it's, it's unbelievable what Kansas has accomplished here in 21 years under Bill Self. He has a 95% home court winning percentage. Huh. There's a, uh, a wall inside the men's locker room that charts – Bill Self's record in Allen Fieldhouse, and he's got as many regular season Big 12 titles as he has home losses. Oh, man. Think about that. Right, right. So it, it's, it's unreal. And, and to wrap it up succinctly, the, the one time I always think of when someone asks me what you just did, which is the effect of the building on the competition, I think about my first year as voice of the Jayhawks. We were down 14 with two minutes and 45 seconds to play to West Virginia and Bob Huggins, who I'll give away the spoiler of the story. He, he never won a game in Allen mm, Fieldhouse yeah. in all his years. Um, but we're up. We're down 14 with 245 to go. Devontae Graham starts hitting threes. Building starts rocking. Nathan Adrian, you probably remember that name. Yeah, He's one of the right. few Morgantown recruits that play for West Virginia. He's trying to get the ball in, inbounds, and the, the just overwhelming noise and nature of the crowd is such that you can physically see his knees shaking as he's trying to get the ball in. And before you know it, five Mississippis have been counted off violation 
crowd erupts, lid blows off, Kansas wins it. You get the ball and win it, obviously. And it was just one of those moments where you could physically see how imposing the crowd is and the building is. So there truly is no place like it. And since I'm on in Waco, but I'd say this if I was on in Austin or any other place, maybe one of the most brilliant moves I've ever seen to not get swept up into the atmosphere was when Scott Drew took his team out in the tunnel for a Mm -hmm. second and didn't allow him to watch the history video where they talk about the power and the glory and the winningest program of all time. (laughs) Right. He got some heat for that. But, J-Mo, you tell me, was that not – Super smart. It was yeah. Don't allow your guys to to get swept up in that, and and you know, consequently, I think they were more competitive because of it. It was, and no disrespect intended. You know, some people may have may have read it that way, but it was just so loud when that thing was running. And you don't want our guys. You want to have their full attention. You know, the coaches want their attention. They don't want them glancing up there. And you're not playing the history of Kansas basketball. You know, you're playing that team that day. So uh, I think he would take the heat again. I mean, I think he'd do it again if he felt like he needed to. I uh, completely agree. I, I respect him a ton. We all do. And, and uh, as much as fans talked about that, we were looking at each other thinking that was actually pretty smart. <laughs> These guys can hear him speak now. And as you said, they're playing against the five guys in front of them, not Danny Manning and Will Chamberlain and, and Joel Embiid up on the screen, you know. And it is a great atmosphere, and everybody knows that. And and to be honest, that's what we were trying to create here, moving to the new Foster Pavilion. It's smaller, but it has been a great home court advantage. I can't wait for you to see it when you guys uh, come down here in March. I know. I was bummed when I found out we had to play you guys twice because you're really good. Right. But I was excited when I got to see that we'd be traveling to Waco and checking out the new facility. Because when we were there a year ago, we, we could see the, the, the bones of it being built. But uh, I've certainly been watching on TV and uh, so impressed with what I've seen and also very impressed with this basketball team. So it's going to be a fun few weeks here getting to see you guys twice. That'd be great. Uh, game day in Lawrence again, kind of a regular visitor there. How much of a factor is that, or have they been there so much that it's not that big a deal? You know, it's our 12th time. I don't think it adds any extra edge or anything like that. If anything, I think if you talk to our coaches in an honest moment, they love the exposure for the program, but they don't want to make the day any longer for the student-athletes. I know Bill Self's trying to do as much as he can to make sure that uh, you know they're not having to get up at 9 a.m. to come in to do something and then be at the facility for eight hours until tip-off. So it's definitely a big-time blessing in terms of getting your program out there. And Baylor will be featured prominently, too, I'm sure, on the show. But, uh, but yeah, in our 12th incarnation of it, to call it like it is, it was a much bigger deal when football came to town and then Big Noon Saturday came to town last year. So, um, but definitely excited to have it, grateful for it. And, and Jay Billis has become a friend over the years, and I think you would agree, uh, one of the absolute best to ever do it. So thrilled to have him and Reese and the entire crew in the house these next couple of days. Yeah, that'll be fun. Just adds to the, uh, you know, the impact of this matchup tomorrow. Final thought, let me switch gears. You mentioned football, the uh, turnaround under Lance Leipold, and uh, huge construction going on at the stadium. Give us an update there. Yeah, so you know it's it's going to be about a sixteen to eighteen month progress or process, I should say, um, to to fully rebuild. And they've got almost everything knocked down except for the stands on the east side. And initially, there was thoughts of, well, do you try to play in in a partial stadium next year just so you can keep it in Lawrence, keep it on campus, keep those local business owners that have restaurants and hotels and shops downtown happy. 
ultimately it was just not going to be feasible. And so in a really great job by our administration and athletic department, they're able to land the home of the defending Super Bowl champions and maybe (laughs) maybe champions. So uh, we'll see what happens on Sunday. But, yeah, they're going to play four games next year at Arrowhead and two games at Children's Mercy Park, which is where Sporting KC of the MLS plays. So, I mean, as, as fallback plans go, that's landing on your feet, no doubt. But once this thing is done in time for the 2025 season, which was part of why they wanted to go somewhere else next year to keep them on schedule, because every week that they hosted set them back a week in construction. But when it's done, you know, it, it's it's going to have a lot of the same frills that McLean Stadium has and, and be right up there with your place as one of the nicest places in the conference. Uh, it's patterned in some regards after TCU's rebuild, um, similar size to, to both of those venues, but obviously it's, it's going to have all the bells and whistles and be the most state-of-the-art of its kind at its time. And so we're so happy and excited about that because it was 102 years on Memorial Stadium before it, and uh, it's been three different ADs and three different incarnations of trying to get a new stadium project going. Finally, this one sticks, and it's in large part thanks to the tremendous success on the football field that Lance Leipold has had and the fact that it looks sustainable for the first time maybe ever, uh, at least in the modern era here at Kansas. Love it. That's great. Thanks for the update. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. We will see you tomorrow, and we'll see how things uh, play out between the Bears and the Jayhawks. Looking forward to it, brother. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. And welcome back. Final segment, John Morris Show on a Friday. Little Bill Withers brings us back. It is a lovely day. Aaron, it's a lovely day. It is. I'm you going got four home. new tires today. That's I, a lovely day. I did. And <laughs> it took a little while because of some right. scheduling issues and mix up. And then they had a computer problem. Mm. Nothing, nothing that was the employee's fault. It was all the fault I got you. of the website and the app for this very, very large company. Really? Yeah. But. I mean, the the customer service was really, really great That's all great. the way through. So very good. That's all you can ask for when stuff doesn't go as it's supposed to. Right. But people care and try to fix the problem, and they did. So and you can tell if they do. Absolutely, yeah. and it and it makes a difference. Yeah. It's, a, it's it's a reason why I'm a pretty loyal customer to this very big company because the we customer be service services. They should. That's yeah. why I'm not missing them. But yeah, yeah. I mean, their their customer service has always been great. Very good. Glad you got that done. That's one of those things that. Uh, you know, you never really want to do, but you just have to do. <laughs> yep. Glad you got it done this morning. We are brought to you in part by Kaleo Wealth Management. Heard from Joe Kaleo this morning. Nice text from him, bright and early. The team at Kaleo Wealth Management helps people chart a path toward their financial goals, also helps them pursue their dreams. They're at 200 West Highway 6 in Waco, 254-751-5050. That is Kaleo Wealth Management. Also brought to you by our friends at Alliance Bank. Alliance Bank Central Texas, independently owned and has been helping families and businesses in Central Texas meet their financial needs since 2007. All right, uh, great to visit with Brian Haney last segment. He gave us uh, he gave us the lowdown. I thought it was very good about uh, why um, 
Allen Fieldhouse is such an advantage. A lot of other people would say that's eh, intimidating to the officials, too, when they play in Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian did not mention that, but I think that just kind of goes without saying. But looking forward to being there tomorrow. We're on the air at 4.30, tip off at 5 here on ESPN Central Texas. We'll have the uh, women's game uh, and the men's game back-to-back tomorrow on ESPN Central Texas. The women on the air at 1.30, tip off at 2. Should time out really well for the men's pregame at 4.30, uh, yeah, 4.30 and uh, tip off at 5. Television is on ESPN. Television for the women's game, Big 12 Now, on ESPN+. Plus. All right, we mentioned uh, Matt Mosley at the uh, McLennan County Livestock Show and Youth Fair, Junior Livestock Show and Youth Fair, coming to us live from there on this Friday before the Super Bowl, among other things. What do you guys have coming up, Aaron, with Matt Mosley? We will talk with better men's basketball coach Scott Drew, his weekly segment on the Matt Mosley Show. We will also talk about the Cowboys finally hiring a defensive coordinator. It's a very familiar name. To Cowboys fans and NFL fans, it's a uh, spoiler alert. Mike Zimmer, the former Vikings head coach and former Cowboys defensive coordinator. Yeah. So, well, he's been around, hasn't he? He, he has, and he's a really good defensive coordinator. But I, mean, I just don't know how much rehashing and yeah. and I don't even want to call him a retread because he's a, really is a fantastic defensive coordinator. He was a pretty good head coach. I mean, he had a lot of success in Minnesota. Just kind of. Like the Cowboys with Mike McCarthy just couldn't get over the hump. And then, you know, Kirk Cousins got injured this year as they were on their way to another playoff appearance. Uh, but there's just no new ideas, yeah. you know. But maybe that's on purpose. Maybe Jerry's like, we don't need new ideas. We're close. We just need uh, somebody really good and experienced. So we'll see. I got you. Have you noticed the? it seems like to me more movement this year in football from the college ranks, like college head coaches going to the NFL to be assistants. Oh, absolutely, more so than uh, more so than I can remember. No, yeah, and, me too. And and the other way around, there's That's quite right. a few going from the NFL back to college. Well, I heard this morning. I think Wink Martindale, yes, with the he, Giants. He's going to return to Michigan. Michigan, I think. right? Defensive coordinator uh, of Michigan, and uh, Bill Belichick's son took mm-hmm. the. Uh, Defensive coordinator job at Washington, I yeah. believe. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, there's a lot of movement both ways. And, yeah, you generally don't see it. You see a lot of college-to-college and pro-to-pro. Right, right. You don't see a lot of college-to-pro and pro-to-college, and there has definitely been a lot of that this year. What got my attention, and a guy that's a veteran coach like uh, Wink Martindale should be a game show host with that name. <laughs> but think about him, who's been around a long time, and going back to college – and everything that entails, you know, the recruiting, which you don't have to do as a, you know, coordinator in the NFL and uh, the rules that you have to abide mm-hmm. by aren't as many rules as there used to be. <laughs> right. But think about that. Maybe why you're seeing more. Uh, maybe. Yeah, you might you be know, right. Because you don't have to worry about every little thing being an NCAA infraction. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you might be exactly right. So that's interesting. And uh, how about the Super Bowl? Who uh, we haven't talked a lot about it. Who do you got? On Sunday. Chiefs. Me too. And my pick the whole way, and they're still in, so I'm not changing now. <laughs> Should be a great game, but I, I like I'm not Chiefs. picking against Pat Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I like Brock Purdy a lot for San Francisco, but I'll be pulling for the Chiefs. So I know some people there with their franchise, so really pulling for them. All right, that comes up on Sunday. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. CBS for the telecast. 
Let's mention some birthdays before we get out of here this afternoon and turn things all over to Matt Mosley. It is Lauren Sanderson's birthday. Lauren uh, worked with us in the Bee Association for a while. Now is uh, home with her kids and doing well, and we see them every once in a while. But happy birthday to Lauren Sanderson. It is Jerry Nye's birthday today. Happy birthday to Jerry. Jerry and Connie, tremendous uh, Baylor fans for many, many, many years. So happy birthday to Jerry Nye on this February the 9th. It is scanning. It's Mike Morrison's uh, birthday today. Mike, uh, former Waco mayor, former professor uh, with Baylor Law School. Great guy. Um, I worked with Mike when he was at Baylor, of course, but uh, with Rotary going way back. So really uh, respect Mike Morrison. Happy birthday to him. It is Rodney Chadwick's birthday, former Baylor football standout. Happy birthday to him. And let me look, Aaron, at one other list. I know I'm missing some people. Yeah, it's Paul Bradshaw's birthday today. Paul, uh, Associate AD with us, Governance and Regulatory Affairs. Happy birthday to Paul. It is, today is Roy Cook's birthday. Remember Roy? Hey, absolutely. Weatherman extraordinaire. I grew up watching Roy. How many people say that same thing? Absolutely. One of my clearest and fondest memories growing up is Roy Cook doing the weather. That's great. So happy birthday to Roy Cook today. Loved working with him and then Rusty Garrett who followed One of the uh, great all-time voices, too. Which one, Roy? Roy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So happy birthday to Roy Cook. And how about this? For a broadcasting duo, birthdays on the same day, it's Ian Eagle's birthday today, who's going to be the lead voice for CBS in the NCAA tournament now that uh, Jim Nance has stepped away from that. And it's Dan Schulman's birthday today. So Dan Schulman, Ian Eagle, born on the same day. Oh, wow. Yeah. We may see, I don't know this for sure, Dan may be doing the game tomorrow, Baylor in Kansas. I don't know. But happy birthday to those guys. Uh, my brother and sister-in-law, Ronnie and Donna Melton. It's their anniversary today. Happy anniversary to them. Aaron, how about uh, other birthdays? Got a few today. We'll start with Michael B. Jordan, star of Creed, the Creed series, and also uh, starred in Black Panther, is 37. Tom Hiddleston, who plays Loki in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is 43. Hall of Fame outfielder, briefly a Texas Ranger. Vlad Guerrero, nine-time All-Star, American League MVP in 2004. He turns 48. Also turning 48 is Charlie Day. He uh, plays Charlie, coincidentally, on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He also starred in Horrible Bosses. Travis Tritt is 61. Former Cowboys quarterback Danny White is 72. Very underrated, and because of that lucky, stupid catch, (laughs) Didn't win a Super Bowl that he should have because he had led them yeah. back against the 49ers the previous drive. And then after that, found an open receiver downfield even after the catch that was dropped. So Danny oh, really? White should I don't remember have, that. Yeah, Danny White should have won the NFC Championship game that year. And they obviously, I think, would have easily won the Super Bowl. So happy birthday to should have been Super Bowl champion and former Cowboy quarterback and punter Danny White. He's 72. Last but not least, the great Joe Pesci mm-hmm. turns 81. He won a uh, supporting actor Oscar for Goodfellas. He's been nominated three times. And uh, if uh, you've ever seen the musical Jersey Boys, which I have, which is about Frankie Valli's life, right? Uh, 
with Joe Pesci was kind of a kid that hung around Frankie Valley huh. as he was growing up. He's really? part of that, you know. Yeah, he's a he, he's talked about a few times in the musical. So uh, if uh, if you ever see Jersey Boys, you'll hear them talk about Joe Pesci because like Frankie Valley was around him growing up when Joe Pesci was growing up. Obviously, right, not right. Frankie Valley. So uh, happy eighty first birthday to Joe Pesci. Very good. Hey, that's a good list. Thank you very much. Uh, happy birthday to those folks. We got to get out of here. Stay tuned. Matt Mosley is coming up next. Thanks to Brian Haney on with us. We'll talk to you tomorrow from Allen Fieldhouse, Bears and Jayhawks. Stay tuned. Matt Mosley is next. I love a good heifer show, and I like a turkey and broiler show.